Hey Decryptors, it's Kat here, your host, and I would like to welcome onto this week's show, the wonderfully talented Dan Edelbeck. Co-founder and CEO of Exidio, a company that is paving the path in bringing secure, encrypted access to Web 3.0. Dan and his team at Exidio have created secure, end-to-end encrypted applications on top of the Sentinel decentralized VPN system. Welcome to this week's episode of Decrypted with Cat Siggers, featuring Dan Edelbeck. So hi, Dan. Thanks for coming on the show. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about what Exidio is? Yeah, Kat, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Welcome. So Exidio is a development company building products, leveraging the blockchain. And specifically right now, we're building products on the Sentinel blockchain, which is a peer-to-peer bandwidth marketplace. Cool. And can you tell us a little bit more about Sentinel and what it, what it kind of does for us? Yeah. Yeah. So Sentinel is a marketplace for bandwidth. So I don't know if you know, Kat, like the, the Tor network, but it's a network network? for us to get uh, Tor. Right. No, I've not heard of it. Okay, cool. So a place where it's the Sentinel network is similar to Tor. It's a network where you can offer your home internet to this uh, decentralized network. And then I could route my traffic through your home node and be able to have my internet access wow. actually go through your home node and be able to change wow. my IP address to your home address. So, wow, that's yeah. amazing. And so that's technology that Sentinel has created, right? Yeah. So we're using open VPN protocols. So right now it's uh, WireGuard and we'll also be looking for to implement V2Ray and IKEV uh, 5, but basically these are open source VPN protocols that people people could leverage, but we're leveraging the, the Sentinel network is leveraging the open source VPN protocol and then also combining it with the blockchain so that all the nodes are hosted on the blockchain. So it's, yeah, it's a pretty cool architecture. Wow. This is awesome. So Exidio and Sentinel then kind of work together. Yeah. Exactly. Sentinel is truly just a peer-to-peer network. There's no like company that's that's officially Sentinel, right? It's the network of people that are offering bandwidth and the people that are connecting to those nodes. So it's like a traditional VPN, except it's a peer-to-peer VPN and it's provably end-to-end encrypted. But then to your point, Kat, how do you actually get connected to that network? You need some type of front-end application. Yeah. And so that's what at Exidio we're building. So we actually have our apps live on, on the Google Play Store and on iPhone right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is kind of like live technology then. Exactly. It's being you. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're, we're seeing you, the growth of the network increase every single day. I think there's like 500 nodes that are offering bandwidth right now. So we're seeing a real significant continued gre- increase in adoption. Yeah. Do you think, so obviously a lot of like our listeners won't have heard of, of what a node is. Can you explain what a node is for those of you who don't know? Yeah, no, of course. So in the Sentinel network, a node is someone that is offering bandwidth. So they're getting their home internet set up that they have, and they're offering their excess bandwidth that they're not using for their home internet to this peer-to-peer network, the Sentinel network. And then those are the people that um, are offering the exit nodes or the nodes on the, on the system. And then those individuals are that you get paid to offer your bandwidth as well. So not only are you contributing to a peer network, but you're earning free crypto for doing so. Wow. Okay. So that's a little, little incentive then to, to kind of jump on that bandwagon. Um, yeah. what, what made you kind of come up 
with the this idea then that that you know we could get paid for sharing our internet essentially yeah so I can take all the credit myself for sure. The Sentinel Network was incepted in 2017. And some of the original founders were people that I know are developers, but I was actually just like someone that thought the idea was really cool. And I got on the bandwagon really early on and I, I supported the network and invested in it back in uh, late 2017. And the network went live in 2018. But the founders saw that centralized VPN companies have a lot of issues and that they're purporting to give you privacy online. And then they actually have the ability to be logging all of your internet traffic. So right now, like you're using whatever internet service provider you have, you know, your your cable company or whatever that you're paying, you know, for your consistent internet, yeah. but they are monitoring all your traffic. And oftentimes they're logging all your traffic and reselling it to other companies and reselling your, your like all of your internet usage to be able to get consumer trends and make money from that. So VPN companies offer the ability to route your traffic through a different IP address and your internet service provider, and it's an end-encrypted connection, and your internet service provider can't resell your data. But the problem is those centralized VPN companies that are offering that are have been proven to be doing that themselves. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's crazy. So we're, this, this is this is fight for like getting sovereignty and privacy online that I think are just human rights that we've, yeah, because I mean, the way a VPN is sold to the everyday man, right, is that, you know, it's the safest way to like search online. You're kind of like in incognito mode or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever your VPN offers you. But what you're actually telling me right now is that's not that's not what happens. So a lot of VPN companies say that they and they purport that they don't log data. And that they're offering you an ability to tunnel your internet traffic through a different IP address. And so you can be tunneling it through the US or you could be tunneling it through wherever, you know, VPN um, connection that you're connecting yeah. to. Yeah. But then this is the same VPN company is controlling all the nodes that they offer on their network. And so they can say that it's all end and encrypted, but they can break those encryptions and actually collect user data and then have that. And they've, they've been, um, caught guilty multiple times actually doing this. So it's, it's, yeah. And another thing about the VPN industry, as we know it, is it's a very clouded industry. Surfshark just had a merger with the company that controls NordVPN. And those are two of the biggest VPN companies. And then last year, I think the parent company of NordVPN also acquired ExpressVPN, which is one of the biggest VPN companies. And so it's really like, there's a lot of different like VPN companies out there. But a lot of them are just like front end brands and they're controlled by the same parent companies. And so it's a very oligarch industry and it's very clouded as far as they're all private companies. There's no information about how they're using user data and what you're actually, what safety precautions you're actually benefiting from using these VPNs. Wow. I mean, and so then that's where the the DVPN comes in, right? Exactly. So there is no company that can log your data on the Sentinel network. It's a peer-to-peer network. Right. Exactly right. So that's great then. Like that, I mean, that sold it for me personally. (laughs) It's 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 really cool. It's really, that's what, when I started learning about the the network, I'm like, this makes a ton of sense. And for people that are really interested in like peer-to-peer networking protocols, like the Tor network is really interesting and one that provides a lot of value, but actually the Tor network has been largely corrupted as well by um, centralized, like government agencies are running a lot of the exit nodes on the Tor network. 
And so they control enough of the nodes on the network that they can kind of triangulate information and still de decrypt what's happening across the network. So that's terrible. So then, so the DVPN then kind of gives you that total privacy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's peer to peer. So yeah. and I couldn't be on this like video conference with you right now, unless I was able to join the link and have that information. Mm -hmm. So any, anyone that purports that it's not possible to log data is, is lying. So there's an exit node in any uh, like internet system. And so through yeah, that internet yeah. connection, the exit node has the capacity to log data, but in the Sentinel network, that's only the individual that's offering that node. So there's no way that all of the nodes across an ecosystem could be logging data. And there's no incentive for an individual to log that data because they don't have aggregate user data that they could resell. And also because running an exit node in, in a peer-to-peer -peer network has other, you know, liabilities and you're, you're the one that's having people interrupt their traffic through your node. So the best practice in a peer-to-peer -peer, um, decentralized network is to never log data. And so you're using an open source encrypted VPN protocol, and then the exit nodes don't have any incentive to log data. And also they have incentive to operate and keep their nodes up and consistent because they're actually getting paid to have consistent, reliable nodes on the network. Okay. So Dan, what really made you want to get into DVPNs, you know, giving people their freedom on the internet? What, what made you want to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think this goes back for a long time. I think this is kind of goes to the ethos of like the whole web three movement and like yeah. not trusting big centralized institutions, not trusting necessarily the media. I remember when uh, 2016, like Trump was like doing his campaign, gearing up for election. And I remember like researching more about, you know, the world and the history and like politicians. And I started going down like the whole like Jeffrey Epstein rabbit hole. And this is before anyone was talking about it at all. And I saw hey. all these court documents about like Trump's history with him and Bill Clinton's history with him and this Prince Andrew and all of this history. And they're like, I'm Googling and there's like very few news articles. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is insane. And I remember putting out like a post online talking about how there's a lot of lack of information and there's a lot of like a lot of, you know, false reporting and information that like we're not privy to. And this is crazy that this is affecting the, the candidate that's running for president, the two candidates that are running for president, Hillary, obviously her husband, and then and Donald Trump. And I was like, this is crazy. So I just started like kind of going down the rabbit hole of like, exploring where there are like inequities and where like institutions are going to do what it takes to like keep their own interests at heart, whether that hurts other people in their path. And so that's kind of what really, I think, started like leading me down, looking at being sovereign online, looking at our own finances, being able to control our own hard money and, and Bitcoin. And I think internet privacy and the ability to control your data online is something that I'm just really passionate about. So yeah, that's how, how it all took off. Wow. No, I, I, I think that's, that's quite wonderful, actually. I think we need more people like yourselves out there looking after the everyday man because our data is sold online and a lot of things are kind of covered up, if you know what I mean. Like we're not shown certain information, like you've just said, like you couldn't really find anything on the whole like Jeffrey Epstein and whatever. And it's just like, why we, we surely have a right to know that information. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. So, and yeah, I just think that it, to me, it's just so basic. 
Like, I don't want a camera in my house, like, or in my bedroom or like when my, like watching what I'm doing, like there should be no, no one should have the right to be logging and tracking all of my data on the internet and reselling it. I don't understand how that's become a norm, but we have to fight back against that. Yeah, for sure. For sure we do. And so can you talk to us a little bit about how you think Web3 then is going to kind of help us? Yeah, no, I, this is something that is so freaking exciting for me. Like, yeah. it, it's incredible that we finally have figured out how to build products and services that with our own volition that actually compete with the Facebooks and the Googles and the Amazons of the world. Mm -hmm. And what I think is really cool about Web3 is how not only is it decentralized in the sense that it's an open source protocol and anyone can co collaborate or build on top of it, but all of these protocols are, are individual. Whereas like AWS provides you the full suite of services that you need to be able to host online and to be able to have cloud storage and, and everything else. But they've made the product so complete that there's very little competition. But for Web3, like there's a project that's built in the Cosmos ecosystem, Akash, and they're competing directly with AWS for uh, cloud compute. So they're actually using unused data centers to be able to do cloud compute directly with those untapped resources. And so for like that specific sector, like cloud compute, you could be leveraging the Akash network. For peer-to-peer -peer bandwidth, you could be using Sentinel. For decentralized file storage, you could be using something like uh, SciaCoin at Skynet Labs or like uh, Filecoin with IPFS. So there's these individual protocols at all the different layers of the, the internet stack that are becoming open source protocols that people can leverage. And I think that it's going to be a matter of time before we actually make the user experience truly compete with the web two giants. And once we able to, once we're able to create seamless user experiences and the products work like they did in web two, but you'll be able to prove like verify and verify that these are peer to peer networks and that there's no middleman in the way, I think out of industries are going to have to react pretty quickly. Yeah. And how do you think they're going to react? Well, it's interesting, right? I think that, you know, you can look at a lot of parallels in, in the past. You can look at like Blockbuster and then you can look at what Redbox did and then what Redbox did and then what Netflix, how Netflix evolved yeah. as we kind of digitized our, our lives. And so like you can see, especially the like traditional finance industry and banking and all these brick and mortar stores, a lot of banking like banking is realizing that Web3 is here to stay, that DeFi mm -hmm. is really powerful and they're going to try to adapt and pivot their business models to be able to like kind of join the party. I mean, look at Facebook, mm -hmm. they rebranded to Meta so they can be a part of the metaverse. Like th th these companies are definitely shaking in their boots and they realize that they need to try to pivot. And actually what's interesting for, for from us specifically at Exidio, we're building front-end applications on top of an open-source peer-to-peer bandwidth marketplace for VPN. But we're actually welcoming the incumbents in the, v in the VPN industry if they want to do good by their customers and they actually want to open-source their technology and use a peer-to-peer -peer network, they can bring their customer base over to Sentinel and build their own custom white-label application on top of the Sentinel network. Ah, well, so, so that is interesting. So have you had, are you, are you partners with anyone yet that like, we would know of so we're in conversations with a lot of a lot of white label companies our, B, our vpn app product is on ios and android but we're working to get it up and it's in final stages of development for desktop applications 
And once we have our full suite of products and we're really confident in the strength of the network and that people are having a really consistent user experience, that's when we'll start actually onboarding white label um, companies that, because when they're bringing their user base, they need to be able to ensure that their users are getting a really strong, consistent VPN connection and that it's reliable. And in a peer-to-peer network, that's definitely more challenging than controlling all of your own nodes. So that's the flip side. But we're definitely seeing really strong usage so far and people having, you know, good, consistent, but we continue to refine that and, and monitor that and gauge usage from people in the community and, and their feedback on their usage of the uh, network. And then from there, yeah, we are going to start bringing on bigger VPN companies that want to pivot their business model and actually prove that they're using an open source technology and that their users can't get their information logged by the company. Well, that's wonderful. And so is open source and peer-to-peer, is that all safe and secure? So it depends, right? With like the Sentinel network, the we're using open source uh, VPN protocols. And so like I mentioned, WireGuard or uh, V2Ray, these are audited and they're well-established protocols that are like secure, but when you're like, when you're operating in this new, like web three environment and you're like connecting to some of these new networks or protocols, you do have to be really careful, especially if you're playing in like decentralized finance and you're like trying out this new lending platform or this new thing on maybe a new L2 or on a new like layer one, like layer one blockchain network. You want to be very careful as far as what is the protocol, who's already using it. Has it been audited? And ideally you want to actually be able to check the the smart contract and ensure that there aren't any like backdoor traps and stuff. So it is a very kind of crazy world right now that it's still an environmental space. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Experimental, yeah. So it's still not quite for the everyday, the everyday Joe then. Well, in DeFi, I would say that there's definitely protocols that they're very experimental and they're very testing in production. But for Exidio, like our applications, we fully encourage the everyday user to use it. And we're going to start, um, we're going to start having a heavy marketing push for the mobile applications because we're actually implementing a subscription plan. So instead of having to pay with, you can just log in and, and log in and buy a subscription, just like you would a centralized VPN. You can have the same user experience, but um, you can also pay directly with crypto where you can send your DVPN tokens straight to your wallet natively in the app and pay for nodes that way. So we're about to implement that subscription program and then we'll really be able to match centralized VPN companies as at their user experience. Yeah. I love the fact that you can kind of pay with crypto as well. Like I think that really like, it just kind of like brings it all together, doesn't it? Kind of the centralized world kind of, yeah. A hundred percent right. And and to be able to maintain your anonymity, you should be able to log in and use the application anywhere. You don't have to log in with your name or your information. You just have your wallet. It has the funds in the wallet and you're able to connect to a node. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely a key component that centralized VPN companies request your, you, you know, your email, your credit card, all that information. Yeah. And that's not necessary for our network. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dan. And quickly, before we wrap things up here, can you tell us what your favorite cryptocurrency is? And also what cryptocurrency do you think is going to be big in like a year's time? Cool. Well, I would say that my favorite is uh, the DVPN, the Sentinel cryptocurrency, but you can get paid to be able to offer your bandwidth. I think it's so cool that it's a resource that you already have in your house. You don't need to put capital at risk. You don't, you can start getting involved in the Web3 ecosystem by just offering your bandwidth and starting to get paid to do so. But Sentinel is a part of the, the Cosmos ecosystem. And I think tons of projects within the Cosmos ecosystem are really interesting. 
And I think the architecture of how Cosmos is the internet of blockchains, where they're all layer one individual blockchains and they're application specific blockchains, but they all communicate through, via what's called the inner blockchain communications protocol, the IBC. Um, instead of like having lots of different tokens, like, you know, ERC 20 tokens built on Ethereum, but they're all uh, tied to Ethereum security and network of Ethereum. These are all individual blockchains and are able to independently operate, but um, it are also able to interoperate with one another. So I think within the Cosmos ecosystem, there's a ton of exciting things happening. Osmosis is an incredible decentralized exchange and, and overall DeFi product that's really cool. And the Osmo token has been, Juno is now smart contracts within Cosmos. So I would say that Juno and Osmosis are pretty incredible projects within the Cosmos ecosystem as well. Wonderful. Okay. Well, there'll be ones to watch out. Yeah. Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah. I think that they're new. They definitely have huge potential yeah. going forward. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Sure. They could kind of really take off, couldn't they? Fabulous. Mm. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have anything you'd like to say to our listeners before um, we leave? Well, I just really appreciate the time, Kat. This is awesome that uh, this podcast is growing. I think that you guys are going to do really well. And I invite anyone that's interested in learning how to start offering bandwidth and start earning crypto or just want to see how they can participate in the Sentinel ecosystem to join our Telegram. It's t.me slash Sentinel underscore co. Or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, it's twitter.com slash D, four E's in a row, D-L-E. So D-E-E-E-E-D-L-E. Fabulous. All right. Well, we'll, we will link everything for you so our listeners can find you easily. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kat. Thanks for your time. Mm -hmm. See you. That was absolutely awesome talking with Dan about Exidio on this week's episode. And finding out more about DVPNs and how they can provide a safer, more secure way for us to use the internet. You can find everything Dan mentioned on the podcast in the description box. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DecryptedPod. Give us a follow for the latest updates and episodes on the Blockwatch Podcast Network. For all the decryptors out there, thanks for listening.